What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome, everyone, to the NFC North edition of the Offensive Points Podcast. And to the possums, what's up, fam? We hope to see you guys at the Expo and hear from you always. Find us on all the socials and please subscribe to our YouTube. We love hearing from you folks. If you have any tough keeper, dynasty, IDP, or redraft questions, hit us up. Give us a follow on Twitter at at the IDP Army and give your Offensive Points bros a follow at Offensive Points. As always, I'm with Josh and Billy. Give them a follow at Josh Hall SCL and at Ombre Vendor. I am Joe. You can find me at OP Joe with two E's. We got new merch up at the site. So go buy a fuck Cronky shirt and buy us a beer in Canton. So guys, buckle up. It's time for the NFC North. But first, we have some news about Fat Leonard. Billy, yes. What's up with it? Well, We'll just start with it right off the top. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are reportedly not happy with uh, Leonard Fournette's weight. He is apparently coming into camp at 260. He played at a, a thin 228 last season, so a little bit of an increase uh, this offseason. But, guys, uh, should we be concerned? Should we be loading up on some some stock on some of the backups there in, in Tampa? I just feel like he's just got the burgers that'll – he's eating a lot of burgers this Surprise, it'll cross your eyes. Yeah, yeah he's it's, uh, it's reminiscent of Eddie Lacy, I think. 40 pounds is a lot in the offseason, especially for someone who's supposed to be in, you know, peak physical shape. Um, maybe that was a strategy and he wanted to be the big bruiser while Rashad White does the pass catching duties. I don't know what – he like all of a sudden finally did good. You'd think that he'd want to keep that form. But uh, I think this bumps Rashad White. Or this is camp news. You know what I mean? Like, is that 260 pure muscle? Do We don't know anything about it. <laughs> 260 it pure muscle. It looks a little fat, but uh, <laughs> he might still be in good shape. I don't know. if he Can he run is the real question. Um, it's true. That's true. As, like as John Daly truck. said, you can't pull fat, though. So maybe this is just peak <laughs> athletic form here on that one. But no, I was watching anymore. I was watching a documentary on a, a bunch of guys that go out and live in Alaska and, and the last one standing wins the whole competition. This one guy said he put on like 80 pounds for it and he's down like 60 of those pounds already in week two. So maybe Fat Leonard's trying that and he's going to be skinny lettered for camp. But I do love Rashad White. Loved him at the Senior Bowl. The man runs ferociously. So if there is a holdup, all I'm saying is if you draft Leonard Fournette, you snag Rashad White, and uh, you're a happy man. You got your bases covered. I agree. So I got two potential names for Leonard Fournette for this season. Uh, the first name is Leonard Donette. No, yeah. Donette. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Like and then a playoff of, you know, playoff Lenny. It's needs to keep the weight off Lenny. <laughs> I like, those, I like the first one. I believe one the, the quote from the coach from Bowles was he was one donut away from 260 is the actual quote. So <laughs> I like Donut Lenny. 
Maybe he's uh, not actually 260 then. Maybe he just gained a little weight and they're just saying he's fat. And they're, they're just like making just it eat. way over. Well, he hey, gained the like NBA, 15 pounds. They did that with Zion Williamson. They said he was at like 330 pounds and it turns out, well, it's probably like 270 at, at his highest. So weight, maybe he so. just came in out of shape and they're, this has been <clears> blown out of proportion. We'll never know. With maybe they weight. just ballparked it. They're like, eh, he looks he about, yeah, he, he looks about 40 pounds heavier than he was last year. Well, so, my thing is, if any of these rumors are true, his current ADP at 18, which I already probably wouldn't be drafting. Uh, if I got him in the third round, I'd be okay with it. But I'd rather take Saquon or James Conner, which are you know going in the third round, and he's in the second. So yeah, we but he was do so good last what, year. He was, and we do need to see exactly what he is in camp. Like when reporters get out there, they can actually see if that weight is for real. Uh, Leonard Fournette has put on Twitter that like don't believe the hype. I'll see you all September 11th, which is when their first game is. So we'll see. He he seems to be refuting those reports that he's 260. I I feel like if I was said that I was gained 30 pounds in the off season, I'd probably say the same thing. But uh, no. yeah. So uh, before we get to the NFC North, though, I think we just need to have a blanket blanket thing. The Raiders uh, reported to camp today, so this is the first official day of camp news i mean it is news it is started It is officially camp news season the raiders in full the full team reported today to camp so believe like just be stay safe out there that's all i'm saying when you start seeing weird rumors like jamar chase can't tell the difference in the footballs between college and pro we just need to be taking those things with a grain of salt and it's about to it's really about to start Traylon burks has me nervous uh that they're gonna tear this man apart so I, i guess we'll see what happens yeah, he's actually, a great value right now. It's so. it's about our year anniversary of Jamar Jamar Chase's can't see the football. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And another merch that we got up there is Camp News. So if you want a Camp News shirt, go go ahead and grab yourself one. Yes, a perfect time to grab the Camp News shirt yeah. as the Camp News is going to come flowing like a river next week. Guarantee we're going to start hearing some bizarre stuff from. We're going to see ADPs really start to fluctuate here, and uh, buckle up for it. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, I've already seen Cleveland, uh, a certain Cleveland uh, rep say that Dearness Johnson's getting traded before the season. That is camp news if I've ever heard it, and they haven't even gotten to camp yet. So it, it, it's coming. There's so many rumors right now of like, oh, so and so might get traded, and it's like, why? How is it? Is this real? I feel like this is bullshit. Exactly. Schefter hasn't said anything, so I'm gonna let it go. Exactly. So do you see right. Rappaport yes. get torn apart by J.K. Dobbins, and then J.K. Dobbins kind of shot himself in the foot there. Well, J.K. Dobbins, I think he – I appreciate what he's trying to do, and he was trying to dunk, but telling people that you're not going to go on the pup list, which you means might you're not, not missing go on the six list. weeks. <laughs> I know. He might not miss six the first six weeks of the season. It's not exactly refuting the report that you might not be ready for week one. So I appreciated what he was trying to do at least. But I like that, poor execution. Uh, that little yes. pun was great too. Shot himself in the foot. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was an ACL tear, but I like the – the leg shot himself in the acl is that better shot himself directly (laughs) in the knee (laughs) fair enough okay well today we are covering the nfc north i've got my justin fields jersey uh on ready to rock with the bears so joe without further ado get us to chicago do we do we really want to go to chicago we love starting in chicago all right um guys uh so we got a team that went six and eleven last year uh, we got rid of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, so there's a plus. They also lost Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks, Blau Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Tashawn Gibson, and Jimmy Graham. So 
lost some pretty good names there on the team. So at this year, enter Ryan Foles and Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poles is currently in the stage where you throw out everything you own and you go to Target. This is the year he just walked through the sliding doors and he saw the $5 and under rack at the front of the store. And he's just doing a bunch of shopping right there. He is not going to move on until 2023. But we did bring Luke Getze over from the Packers. He will be the offensive coordinator of this team. Eberflus and Getze both have connections to the Shanahan coaching tree, which runs a lot of West Coast offense. So there's going to be a lot of design rollouts, bootlegs, RPOs, power or zone running in this offense. And this is important for several reasons. And most importantly is Justin Fields. He is currently going at QB 16. Justin Fields was PFF's highest graded passer on throws outside of the pocket last year. He was also extremely efficient with his legs. And on top of this, he ranked fifth last year in deep ball accuracy. If this line can keep him upright, which I don't know, it's a really bad offensive line. I expect him to take a pretty big step this year, though, in developing into a franchise quarterback. He's a great buy low in dynasty, especially if he starts this year off slow, which I do expect him to. So, you know, week three, week four, Bears aren't looking too good. Load out a couple trades. Uh, I'm sure you might get a bite there. Uh, the run game, we already talked about the line being bad. Um, it's bad. I mean, we got a fifth rounder projected, a fifth round rookie projected to start this year. Tevin Jenkins didn't come about. So I'm not expecting much here. Um, but David Montgomery is your RB20 in underdog ADP right now. The running game should be the focal point of this offense. The Bears also brought in Kerry Blassingame from Tennessee and will now feature a fullback on this offense very consistently. This should help the line open up holes for Monty. And Matt Nagy really didn't know how to use this guy last year, but I do see brighter days ahead for him. I am going to ruffle some feathers and say that he is not a very efficient running back, and the line is not going to help him here. So he ranks pretty average in every statistical category. Guys, I'm low on David Montgomery this year. I got to say, I am, hmm. I am not excited about him. I think he's the new Chris Carson, honestly. I do too. It, it's kind of worse than Chris Carson, honestly. I, I know that 800,000 yards, eight, six, seven touchdowns. I feel like it's very Chris Carson-y. Like you're not yeah. getting the 1200 yard games. He does have a little bit of pass catching prowess, although they kind of refuse to use him in that game. But I think at this point with uh, Cohen officially gone, um, I think there might be a little more designed passes for Montgomery. Yeah, I, I do too. But I, one guy I am excited about is Cleo Herbert. He is going at RB51, so he is not much of a cost for you right now. But he is an energizer bunny. He just keeps moving. He is always pumping his legs and getting extra yards. I really see him cutting into Montgomery's work this year, especially as the regime has no ties to Montgomery. So also the, the Shanahan scheme also features multiple backs pretty frequently. I mean, think of San Francisco. Think of Washington back in the day. Think of what uh, the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers and A.J. Dillon last year. I think we're going to see a hot-hand approach to this running game. And a 60-40 or better in Herbert's terms is not out of the realm of possibility here. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry and 133 scrimmage yards against Tampa Bay last year and then followed that up with 5.1 yards per carry against the Packers front when Montgomery was hurt. So, I kind of I kind of love buying Khalil Herbert right now. What do you guys feel about the running backs? I feel like Herbert's a steal in all leagues. It's one of those guys that uh it's not the sexy pick and he's not going with the Madisons and whatnot, but 
this is a great running back who is going to have the starting job sooner rather than later. And you never know if that's this season, whether it's an injury or Monty just doesn't perform. So, I mean, I love grabbing guys, especially the second year running backs or just players in general. They've gotten a, they've gotten a couple games under their feet. Like you said, he did really well during those, that two, three game stretch when Montgomery was out uh, a couple hundred yard games and, uh, yeah, not not really the touchdown guy as of yet, but he, you know, he was a rookie. They they gave him what he could, and he did fine with the workload. Like you said, five five point average for for your rush. I mean, that's what you want. I do, I do good. like, I do like Herbert. I would maybe caution, maybe dynasty players, maybe don't fall in love. Um, I think that they could be very much headed to the draft next year for a potential franchise running back. Um, and I, I maybe wouldn't be trading the house for Khalil Herbert, but if you can get him cheap in Dynasty, probably the way to go. But as far as redraft this year, which is what we're mainly talking about, yes, I think Khalil Herbert is a major steal, especially if you can, as late as you can get him, I I would definitely take a shot on him. I, I don't want to hate on my boy Montgomery. I know I, I'm shocked that you did as much. I want to talk about him for a second before we get off the running backs. This man is a great runner. Um, it's, he's been on a team, especially last year, like that 850. I think that easily could have been a thousand if this team didn't suck. So I'm not well, saying plus he was injured. So yeah, he missed a few games, but at the same time, this team was bad last year. So there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. He had 240 the first two years. His rookie year was phenomenal. His second year. Don't look at this year as a, Oh, he's done kind of thing, which he really isn't. He's going to another team. If he, if he's off the bears next year, and he'll probably be very Chris Carson-y. That thousand-yard mark with eight touchdowns. But as you see, you know there were some pass catches in there uh, in 2020. He was number four, number six running back, and that's still possible. It's just not as likely. So I wouldn't reach on Montgomery, but at his current ADP, <clears throat> I'd grab him. Yeah, he's not a bad asset to have on your team. I'm just you don't want him as your RB one. Let's put that right. Way. I'm wary because I, I just don't think he's going to be the featured. You know, I mean under. Nagy and Pace, he was getting most of the carries there. Cohen didn't really step in much, and we didn't see Herbert until Montgomery was injured. But uh, I don't know, just worries me a little bit on him. Joe, is Darrington Evans on the IR yet, or are they? No, he's not. But I do want to talk about Tristan Ebner a little bit. He is a um, he was a wide receiver in college. Uh, switched over here, and he's probably going to pick up a little bit of what we saw Tariq Cohen do. Back in the day, um, he's a good pass catcher, so it's a name to keep an eye on. You're probably you're not drafting him at all, but might be fun to watch this year. Fun oh, fact: man. in our dynasty league, someone did grab him in that draft that we had. Light skin love, good for you, man. <laughs> oh man! So anyway, this team's not very exciting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire through. Really, you got Darnell Mooney. He's going at wide receiver 28 right now, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I think the lone bright spot in this whole skill group of players for the bears, he continues to get it done with the rest of the offense doing little to help him. He's still got a thousand yards for the first time. And I see an even bigger jump this year. He's got another year under his belt with fields. I could see Mooney finishing as a top 12 receiver this year. Um, if everything goes right. So that price at wide receiver 28, I am buying it. And I would draft him honestly a little bit earlier than that one. Hmm. Mooney to the moon. Moon man. Moon man. So before you get into these other guys, because there's no one you really want to talk about in particular, I have a little thing to say. Yeah. So I love the Bears strategy here. So they have Mooney. They know they have a bona fide star here. They'll probably add in the draft or free agency next year as well to kind of help out Justin Fields a little bit. But I like 
I like what they did. Like I, I take some shots on some players who didn't get it done their first couple of years. They're all young guys. Equimanius St. Brown. Uh, he is the brother of uh, the sun God who we'll get into here shortly. Byron Pringle was on the chiefs, Nikhil Harry on the Patriots and then Taji Sharp for Atlanta. Question mark. Um, so like, I like the idea. Cause like, and then Vilas Jones in the draft. So there are some people there and, who knows what it's going to be. I'm not excited about them in dynasty. I'm worth taking a shot and rostering one of these guys, but I, and redraft. I'm not, they're not on my radar, but I put them on my watch list. You never know who's going to pop yeah. off as that number two. And I think they all have at least decent talent. It's better than your wide receiver room last year. And even yeah. with Allen Robinson. No, I think going into the season, Byron Pringles, your wide receiver too. Um, he actually had a decent year filling in last year as a de facto wide receiver too, for the chiefs. Again, I like this pickup for the Bears. Uh, if he sees a similar workload or a bump, he's definitely valuable at his current price of wide receiver 97. So, I mean, you could be getting a guy that's, you know, going to give you six, 700 yards, a couple of touchdowns there. Not a bad price for him. Um, before I go, I want to talk about Vilas Jones. But before I do that, I want to talk about Nikhil Harry. If he does anything, we will be happy and we will take that. We are not, I repeat, we are not drafting him. The Bears traded a seventh-round pick for an advanced scouting of Nikhil Harry. He may not even make this roster, so I don't know. I'm not too excited about that. He does bring something that the Bears do not have, and that is a size receiver. I mean, Darnell Mooney upped his weight this year to a real solid 178. So, I mean, he gives you he gives you a big guy. He could do something. Don't draft him until he shows you otherwise. And then Velas Jones. I'm actually pretty excited to see what he can do. Yeah, he's an older rookie, but he's quick. He's shifty. He's been making plays all offseason. So he's not a bad dynasty sash. I've got him in a couple leagues, and I'm really excited to see what he can do, especially with Justin Fields' deep ball accuracy. On that. I mean, do you guys like Equimineus St. Brown? No. No, I feel like him and Nikhil Harry are both in the same boat. Haven't done anything to prove that they're worth drafting or anything, but I just I like it for depth for the team because I feel like that's something yeah. they missed out on last year. There really wasn't a true wide receiver three. I feel like uh, Goodwin was there for a couple plays here and there, and then Robinson was barely a wide receiver two at that point. I don't even think he really played the year, which was a disappointment. Um, but I think I like the idea of it. I mean, you're not you're not looking for anything huge here. You're paying them a little bit of money, and maybe they make the roster next year. Maybe it's all just a bunch of scraps that they toss aside afterwards. I, I'm just saying, I like I'm not, I'm not saying the Bears are going to go in the division or anything, but I think no. that this these pieces here give them a chance to at least be competitive. And who knows which one will hit? But uh, like you said, it's probably Pringle, but it could be Nikhil Harry. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. Um, yeah. I, I I'm not banking on it, but I'm saying it's possible. I just I don't think people should draft him. I, I would leave him off my team for sure. I don't think anyone's um, arguing that, Joe. No, but you know, <laughs> he's a guy that was a first round pick. And when people see they're traded, people like talking about that and maybe even be drafting him. I immediately do went that. to the stats and was like, look, two hundred, don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. No, don't get Nikhil Harry. But no, honestly, they're just if one of these guys hits outside of Mooney. You've got a good piece. I think next year they're going to have well over $100 million in uh, in cap space. So next year is where you're going to see an offense being built here. Uh, but you do have Cole Komet. We can't not talk about him. He is tight end 13, and this is it. This is the breakout. Tight ends are featured heavily in this offensive scheme, and we should finally see him take the next step. I really like him where he's at right now. So 
I know we've been saying this for years, but I do think this is the year. Hey, <laughs> 600 yards is nothing to scoff at for a tight end, though, either. Yeah, the touchdowns weren't there, and the receptions could have been more. But like you said, there's no wide receiver, two on this team. So they'll be playing. They finally got around. rid of Jimmy, the red zone reindeer, Graham. I thought that was Kyle Rudolph's name, but he's uh, he took it from him. No, I'm I'm happy that Cole Komet might finally get to break out. You know, Matt Nagy being there, I feel like is you know going to help a lot of people on this team. Yeah, it's weird that Jimmy Graham had a Jerome Bettis stat line, like one catch for one yard and one touchdown. You know, or two yeah. catches for two yards and that was two a touchdowns. Fantasy disaster. Yeah. It really well. I actually played him one week, I think, last year in a tight end desperate situation. Didn't get the touchdown. No. Man, that's sad. That was very desperate. I was desperate, man, but I was like six points or two points. The person I think I played would have gotten an extra point and I still would have lost. So, no. Fair enough. Happens to the best of us. Okay, Joe, you want to get, get the defense? I do want to get to the defense because I'm actually pretty excited about the defense. Okay. This year. Defensive coordinator for the Colts last year, now the head coach of the Bears, Matt Eberflus, comes over and we will see a lot of the same principles that he did in Indy. We saw the success that defense had, and I am very excited about the defense this year. Low-key, very excited. I shouldn't I shouldn't put an exclamation mark on that. But starting off, you got Roquan Smith. He's an LB1. He is the LB1 if you're in an IDP draft. Don't even try to talk me out of that. He is always disrespected. 163 tackles last year, three sacks and a pick. Now he gets Eberflus, who will always have him around the ball. So I love Roquan this year. You know, pay the man. I don't understand why we're not doing that right now. Because you're going to lead to a situation like Robert Quinn, who is holding out currently. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. If they can settle this, he's going super late in IDP drafts. He's essentially free. I don't think he's getting 18 and a half because that was the franchise record last year. But... He could be pretty damn productive. On the other side, we got Travis Gibson. This is my breakout guy here. He had seven sacks last year filling in for Cleo Mack, and now he gets to start in a scheme that better fits his skills. Buy him now in Dynasty. Don't look back. He's You can probably get him off the waiver wire right now. I've seen him there a couple places on that one. <clears throat> Guys, go get Travis Gibson, please. I'm begging you. We got Nicholas Morrow. So Bobby Okidoki, because I can't say his name, had 132 tackles playing this role in Eberflus's defense last year. <laughs> Nicholas Morrow is a smaller, more hybrid linebacker that I see getting a ton of opportunities for splash plays. So take him now and thank me later. Jaquan Brisker, safety in the second round. Rookie out of Penn State. He will be asked to do a ton right away. He is a monster in the box. He's a hard-hitting safety with a knack for interceptions. He is your strong safety on this team. He's probably my number one rookie safety this year that I'm very excited about getting. And then we got Eddie Jackson. Um, he had success in 2018 in this free safety role. He's moving back to that, but I would not hold my breath on him repeating. Trade him, put him on the waiver wire. Don't get too excited about him. I think uh... – I think Eddie Jackson's one of those sneaky, like late rounder mm -hmm. safeties. I wouldn't be upset about getting 70 tackles. Isn't great, but I think he's a good fill in a bye week player might be able to recapture that interception form that he had a few years back, but um, kind of hoping for a, a, one of the forced fumble interception touchdown kind of situation. But I think even yeah. his like five, six tackles, I, I'm not, I'm not excited about it, but I'm not like scoffing at nine points during a fill in role. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yep, I'm definitely on Brisker this year. Kyle Hamilton went to an unfortunate fantasy situation in Baltimore. But so I just think that leaves Brisker with the best opportunity. Maybe somebody could argue for Dax Hill in Cincinnati, but I think that Brisker has probably got the best shot to fulfill all, you know, as a rookie, the amount of points that you need to make him a part of your team. Yeah. And if you play in a cornerback league, Kyler Gordon's the name to keep an eye on. I don't think defense or offenses are going to target Jalen Johnson that much. So I expect him to get a lot of work and he did have quite a bit of interceptions in college. So not a bad cornerback pickup if your league starts that. Not at all. All right, Joe, the bears over under is six and a half. (laughs) Um, We got San Francisco, Green Bay, Houston, New York giants, Vikings, commanders, Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins, Lions, Falcons, Jets, Packers, Eagles, Bills, Lions, Vikings. I'm taking the over. I think there was a, there's at least five wins in there. Um, the other the other two are going to be harder to come by, but I think they can squeak some out. And I think this team is better than you're giving credit. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think seven wins isn't out of the question. I'm just tired of being optimistic on this team. This isn't optimistic. I'm telling you they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm just telling you they're going to do it in style. I think they're going under. I've been optimistic on this team for too long. If we get two wins this year, I'll be shocked. But it's a lot of garbage time points for fantasy. You're going to have your pick at the top of the draft next year. You haven't had that in two years. Right. Stop trading away your draft picks. It's been like, what, two, one first round pick the last five years? So I hate when do? people trade two first round picks for, you know, a defensive player or three first round picks. And then you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, cool. It's the draft. Oh, wait, it doesn't matter for me. Mitch Trubisky is a starting want, NFL Joe? quarterback right now. You want over or under, Joe? Sorry. Under. Okay. Hard under. I don't know if you're going to be optimistic. Well, Joe, do you want to get yourself out of here? You can do a little wrap up for yourself. He's got to go spend some time with some family. So uh, what, do, what do you got yeah. here, Joe? Get yourself Got a wrap some, up. Uh, personal matter that I need to attend to, guys. But as always, it's been awesome riding with you. Look forward to next week. And enjoy listening to these two bicker with each other. It'll be great. It really should be. be. We need we need an applause button. Uh. <sighs> I think that worked out just, just a, fine. But I'll, just I'll, we'll, play, just we'll add it to the button off. list. We'll add it to the button yeah. list. We need that button for sure, for sure. All right, Joe. You get out of here. Podcast. Find our opossums. we'll try to to do our best to keep you entertained Uh, i think we need to do a good job of it on yes we're going to the cheese factory up in green bay and we're going to talk about the packers so the packers uh another choke job in the playoffs it was not a great year going uh going up there uh matt lafleur comes back again with aaron Rodgers to try to salvage exactly what they do so aaron Rodgers is qb 13 right now an underdog um, he normally would be higher. The problem is they completely stripped his receiving core down to the studs. And there's really not, not studs in a good way. Studs is in, there's only a couple of nails left and maybe a screw, but Aaron Rodgers, I, if there's anybody that could figure out how to overcome this situation, it's Aaron Rodgers. I do. I wish that the Packers front office would give this man somebody to work with that's not that wasn't just Devonte adams sure i think we all would appreciate that but they're not willing to get him that help so 
for that reason, I think Aaron Rodgers at QB 13 is kind of perfect. I mean, I think you have the upside to get him up to the eight level, maybe six, but I don't think this is going to be a top five Aaron Rodgers season. And I don't really think that they are, you know, he is, I don't think this is the year that he's going to be one of those late round guys that ends up being, Oh, why the hell did Aaron Rodgers go so late? I think this year it's actually going to kind of make sense why he goes so late. I feel like every year though, there's always the veteran quarterbacks, people like treat them like this is dynasty and they're like, Oh, Brady's done. Rogers is done. Let's put him at the back end of the, their eighth quarterback off the board. They go a little higher than their ADP, but their ADP is always like 12, 14. And I'm like, Tom Brady continuously is a top five quarterback. Same with Rogers looking at the stats said two bad years that weren't a top 10 or anything close. And those years where he was both injured. So, I mean, I'm not saying I have that much out there for him, but I just, I hate how much people just kill on better. It is frustrating. And when we get to the receiving core, we can try to decipher that puzzle. But first let's touch on the running backs because I think they're more, a little, you know, they're more relevant. So we got Aaron Jones, who's going as RB9 on underdog. Um, top 10 player, I would say, or top 12 player going into the most people's drafts. He's being drafted that way, at least. Um, I think this the, the reason that you're going to get the return on investment on Aaron Jones this year is because he is his pass catchers are unreliable. And other than Alan Lazard, maybe. But we'll get to that in a second. But Aaron Jones is probably going to be the leading receiver on this team for at least a little while into the season. So I think that at least for the first, you know, six, seven weeks, while Aaron Rodgers kind of develops that on-field in-game rapport with some of these newer guys, I think Aaron Jones is going to be his safety blanket. And I think that he's going to get peppered with targets very early in the season. And for that reason, I think at least at the beginning of the season, Aaron Jones is going to be probably a top 10 or top five back for at least the first half of the season. I, I think that that's not, that's not crazy to think, at least until he gets a rapport with some of these receivers that are playing their first pack, first games in a Packer uniform this season. Um, quickly, I got AJ Dillon. He is running back 24 on underdog currently. Um, I think that this is going to be a split workload for sure. I, are they going to be a run heavy team? Probably not, but I think AJ Dillon is going to get enough of that goal line work, even though Aaron Rodgers loves to sneak the ball in. Don't think we should be risking it this year, but who knows? They might still do it. Um, and I think he's he can get a lot of that third down, well, not third down, but first down back work for the Packers as well. Um, Aaron, AJ Dillon is quadzilla. I mean, he's the quad father. So he's a very strong runner. Um, he's a very violent runner. And they have not really used him as much as I think that he could handle as you know his physique could allow. So I think... You know, as as an RB2, that might be a little strong. I, I don't think, because he's going, like I said, as RB24 right now, I don't know if he's going to necessarily return that investment. But I still see that, you know, he has the upside. I think at the highest level, he gets to like 24, 23, 22, something like that. But I, I don't think that the level, you know, at least with Aaron Jones still playing and still running the ball, if they're not just going to use him in an exclusively pass-catching role, I think that A.J. Dillon is going to be um, a primary runner, but maybe not get as much work. I have to actually slightly disagree with you here. I think A.J. Dillon's ADP is right where it should be. If not, I might reach for him a little bit because, number one, I this is the one year I'll buy Aaron Jones. I'm pretty sure I was highly against it last year. I would be uh, too. If it, weren't without yeah. the, if it weren't without the touchdowns last year, those 10 touchdowns and the 50 catches – 
he didn't have that good of a year. He still made it into the top 10 in uh, standard, but in PPR, he was only the 13th best and he was going in the top 10. So you yeah. didn't get your return on investment there. And that was your, probably your running back one. Cause you probably went wide receiver ahead or maybe wide receiver or running back two, if you went, but my thing is Aaron Jones and Dylan are going to have their work cut out for them, whether albeit in the passing game or the wide receiver in the, or in the running game, the, both of these guys were 800 yard rushers. If you give AJ Dylan uh, 10 more catches and a couple of those touchdowns for Aaron Jones, they're the exact same running back last year. And yes, Aaron Jones was injured for a couple games, but it wasn't that much. So Dylan did have a role. He played out all year and he had 800 yards. I'm a big fan of Dylan. I don't, you are kind of banking on a, a, an injury here. It's kind of like, the, I, I, I look at this as the, as the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb situation. You're like, oh, Nick Chubb might have a bad year, a.k.a. Aaron Jones, but Kareem Hunt, you know, he might not get as much because he's not the number one guy, a.k.a. A.J. Dillon here. So I'm looking at all four of those guys in, the, in a draft. I'm, I'm getting both of these guys on one of my teams somewhere. That's fair. And as you can see on the screen, it does say, you know, he was number 21 in PPR, number 23 in standard. Um, that's fair. That, that That's, I think, um, you know, would be the return on at 24, which he's going right now. Um, I just, without the injuries, it's just like, I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. I mean, he's still somebody that I would take if it was, you know, seventh, eighth round when you're in the running back dead zone. I think AJ Dillon will be one of those guys that you can target and feel comfortable with at least being on your team, especially if you go running back heavy on your team. If you get like, you know, Derek Henry in the first round, maybe grab Mixon in the second round and then wait a little bit longer and get AJ Dillon as like your fifth round. Something like that is a great way to build your team around because AJ Dillon, it takes one injury to Aaron Jones and immediately he's an RB one. And then you have three RB ones on your team. Plus just trade chip wise. He is a very smart asset to have on your team. Um, but Moving on from running backs, because I feel like that's a little bit safer of a conversation, to the most confusing, I think, wide receiver core maybe in the league. I, I don't know. I mean, the Bears, at least you know Mooney is probably solid, but let's just start at the, the wide receiver one, which is Allen Robinson, or Allen Robinson, Allen Lazard. Um, he's going as wide receiver 40 right now. Uh, we know Aaron Rodgers loves Allen Lazard. He has been very vocal about wanting Allen Lazard on his team his entire career. Um Came out of uh, Iowa State. I thought he was amazing at Iowa State when he was there. And I, I, I think that this might be Aaron's guy, at, the, at least at the beginning of the season. It's hard not to hard not to say that that's probably how it's going to start out, at least. Um, I don't think Alan Lazard's extremely talented enough to be the number one guy on this team, um, at least not to fulfill the giant Devontae Adams shadow that was cast over the team i don't think that alan lazard is going to be the guy to fill in that role but at wide receiver 40 you could do worse for a potential first you know a potential wide receiver one with aaron Rodgers. so i'll go on to the i guess the next technical guy on the team is sammy watkins um I, you're gonna get the first week out of him, and then you'll never hear from him again i, I don't i'm not I, i'm sorry josh I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell people to draft sammy watkins you should not does, tell people to draft sammy watkins he does They're... the same damn thing every year he he plays one really good week DraftKings put him in your lineup week one and then he'll disappear off the face of the earth even with aaron Rodgers, i just I, i'm not gonna tell he was with patrick mahomes and he did the same thing i'm not gonna tell people to draft sammy watkins not gonna happen so i'm just gonna move past him to Christian Watson, the rookie from North Dakota State, uh, going as wide receiver 53 on underdog right now. Um, he's a big-bodied receiver. 
as Josh said, when he was playing with Trey Lance, it wasn't particularly special. Um, so it's hard to have a lot of hope with Christian Watson to be the number one guy. I know that a lot of people in their minds just slot him in to be that guy, but I just, he, he, he's not, he's not him. I don't, I don't know what to, to say. Josh, since about- there is, since there is no one, everyone automatically assumes, well, it's Christian Watson then, or it's Lazard then. And it's like, no, there can be no number one wide receiver on a team. Trust me, I've been a fan of a team that didn't have a number one wide receiver for years. It's true. And I guess just draft capital-wise, you have to assume that they're going to try to use him to that that standard. But again, there's a lot of flaws in Christian Watson's game. So if you draft him high, you are putting a lot of risk on your plate, even though you are, you know, ha- do have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. You do are putting a lot of risk on having him try to return that investment which i don't think is going to happen um i'll kind of breeze past the last three just because they are all relevant quote unquote but randall cobb is going as wide receiver 101 romeo dubs is going as wide receiver 100 and amari rogers is going as wide receiver 108 so this is just on underdog no clearly nobody has an idea of what's going to happen here and we're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and I, I can appreciate that approach in underdog because it's a best ball league and you just kind of, they're going to fill in the blanks as the season goes on. But in a season long league, we're going to need a lot of camp news to fill in the blanks of exactly who is standing out in camp, who Aaron's developing a bond with. Um, there has been, I don't know if you saw this stat, but literally a wide receiver that is a rookie on the Packers has never caught a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. It's never happened. So Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs will be the first player in Packers, well, in Aaron Rodgers' Packer history to ever catch a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers as a rookie. That so, is a very interesting stat. I will say, if you can get, if you can get Watson or even Dub Dubs Dubs, whatever his name is, I like Dubs better anyway. Um, I think it's okay if you get him late, but if you're reaching for him and he's your wide receiver three or even four, I'm not feeling very confident because you wide receivers threes and fours play throughout your year. Uh, your last pick or later pick, I feel like he's going to go high because there's number one, going to be some camp news bumping his ADP up. But number yeah. two, I think that he's just going to go high because people see that gap in green Bay and go, well, that's, that's the, that's the solution right there. And it's like, no, this pretty much could not be the solution. This could be just a bad team. I, I mean, it could just be Aaron Rodgers going out there and looking like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl a few years back. It very much could be that. But I'm just – I just want to think it's a blanket statement to the audience. Anybody on this team, there is a lot of risk. There, The talent level here is dangerous to, for boosting ADPs. We're going to hear a lot – we're going to see a lot of threads on Twitter. We're going to see a lot of – I don't even know. It's not even going to be the Barry bump. It's going to be whatever bump ESPN uses to try to boost these guys up of like, you know who nobody's talking about. And I get it. We can have that whole segment. I get it. But we're until we know after camp, who is, you know, Aaron's guy, who Aaron Rodgers is talking about. We're probably not going to know. So that moves on to the tight end. Who's last, which is Robert Tunyon, Tunyon, the onion. Going as tight end 16 and underdog right now. This guy I actually think could give you a decent return because he was not, he was a really efficient two years ago, not very efficient in 2021, which scared a lot of people off. But I think this is the return of Tunyon. I think that he, this could be Aaron Rodgers' guy. 
after Lazard or even potentially before Lazard. I still think Aaron Jones is the number one pass catcher on this team. Don't want to get that confused with anybody. But Tunyon could be the guy that is the the pass catcher number two on this team. Josh, what do you think? I was going to say the same thing. I was waiting for you to bring him up. I didn't want to jump the gun here, but um, I actually really like Tunyon this year. Not like as a tight end one. I like him as my backup tight end. Like I'd rather have myself a good tight end first or, you know, maybe get the, the last pick of the, the top 10 tight ends and then go grab Tunyon as well as my backup because this guy could have a good year. I don't think the yardage is going to be there, but as you saw in 2020, that those 11 touchdowns, there's a lot of touchdowns vacated from this team. And yeah, there's going to be some red zone rushes and stuff, but they have to also pass that ball. They can't just run when they're in the red zone. And if they're throwing it in the, in the red zone, it's most likely done. So um, I I'd say 10 touchdowns is pretty much what he's going to get. I don't, I don't, I think you can pretty much book it. I think the other stats are the ones you don't really know about the honestly, I would say, Maybe not tight end four here, but I think that uh, tight end seven or eight could definitely be a thing for Tunyon just strictly off of touchdowns. I mean, it's a good we've ceiling. Seen, we've seen tight ends like that before where they're just a touchdown guy. For sure. Okay, well, enough of the offense. Josh, is the defense. All right, so this defense is pretty interesting. Um, not a whole lot of change throughout the year, but um, their secondary stayed strong. Um, I like myself some uh, Adrian Amos. I know he's had some up and down years with Chicago, and now, since he's been on Green Bay, I think he's been pretty solid. Um, Darnell Savage, I feel like that's a guy that they want us to be happy about. I haven't seen enough from him to really be excited about him. Uh, and then Rasul Douglas is really the secondary guy that I would want on a team for this, uh, that I'm drafting higher than the other two. Uh, the man, ha- man has just looked great. Uh, he, since he's been on green Bay, he saved a couple games. He looked great in fantasy as well. It's one of those guys that'll probably regress in the interception category, but he's made such clutch plays. I can't be upset about it. So, uh, secondary is actually pretty decent. Uh, Jair, Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes, they've had, so, so career so far, but they're still pretty young. They got, they got a chance to keep going. Um, linebacker wise, Devondre Campbell, you know, the name, uh, draft him. I think you're going to get him. I don't think you're going to be upset about having him on your team either. Uh, you are going to pay the price tag for him in IDP, but I think he's well worth it. Once you get past those, you know, top five, six linebackers, I think he's, uh, pretty much left there alone. That's still a standout. And then, uh, one, one thing I don't understand, I want to touch on this and maybe Billy has some more insight on this. Quay Walker, who they drafted, I wouldn't say unnecessarily. Uh, Chris Barnes was filling in just fine um, as the second linebacker there, but they draft Quay Walker before Devin Lloyd. Nicobe Dean slips to the third round. I feel like they realized they made a mistake because they could have grabbed a wide receiver there. They could have grabbed anything else there. Still got Dean the next round or something. So Quay Walker really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me here, but they do have him, so something to look at. I don't know how much uh, he's probably just going to step into the Chris Barnes role and put up the 80 ish tackles or so if he has a good rookie year and if he lives up to his name uh, and I'll turn that over to Billy here in a second, but let's get into the the edge rushers, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Gary had a phenomenal year. Both these guys uh, after Zadarius Smith went down kind of stepped up in a big way. I was kind of shocked. Gary, I think had a little bit better of a year than Preston. Uh, and then they did draft Devonte Wyatt. Uh, to kind of go alongside Kenny Clark. So this team, sh- it's got some talent there. It's not the best defense in the league uh, by any means, but there is some talent and they could put up some points. They got a lot of playmakers out there. So um, please break down this Quay Walker pick. I know we've probably touched on it a little too much, but I no, I fair enough. I, th- I, I think we should. It. Their IDP rookies are pretty good players. Uh, Quay Walker 
is a very good run. He's a run stuffer. That's what he's going to be used for. He's going to be a heavy tackle floor. Um, I don't really think you're going to see many of the sacks. I mean, I think you could probably see like the fumble recovery, not necessarily the the forced fumble from him. But I think that he at least the tackle floor should be high. I don't know if that's going to bear out in year one, but I would definitely not say that you're going to get many tackles from him. I think Devontae Wyatt could easily be take over the defensive tackle role on this team. Obviously, being in that position, it's not exactly you know the dream to be a defensive tackle, but I think that he could easily be a starter by the end of the season. And then I definitely want to – I'm very interested in Kingsley Ignabare. Um, they drafted him. He was in South Carolina. Dude, he is an absolute freak of nature as a pass rusher. I mean, he, the man is gigantic. There's a lot of things he's got to clean up about his game. His mechanics are not exactly sound. But uh, for the dynasty folks out there, and potentially this year, depends on how injuries go, um, he could be a guy that ends up – he's a very good pass rusher. He could definitely end up getting those sacks, good tackles, break through the line, tackles for loss, that whole bit. I think you're going to get good return from him if he sees the field. But it might not be this year. I did forget that they did that trade where they got kind of two firsts, two late firsts, and kind of did that little stack with Christian Watson and Quay Walker. I just, I don't get the pick over Devin Lloyd. And then Devin Lloyd ended up on the Jaguars, which RIP to his career. Just kidding. They'll probably be fine. But um, no, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like I'd rather have, I feel like I'd rather have Lloyd. I for sure would rather have Lloyd. No, seeing him not be the first linebacker taken, um, I just blows my mind. Devin Lloyd is a do it all linebacker who, being on a team like this, could have been a franchise cornerstone, but instead you get Quay Walker, who's kind of a one-trick pony, and I don't really necessarily know why you did that. Um, he was very much just a cog in the machine at uh, ten, at Georgia last year, so I'm not really sure why you would do that. But there and again, Trayvon Walker went number one overall, and I thought he was the exact same way, and I, <laughs> I guess that's just the it was, way. It just I guess it's just the Walker, the Walker name, I guess. It's, it, it's the same same the walkers, play. they just had to go first. Maybe they thought they were getting Trayvon Walker, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I, maybe. Maybe that's what they're like. Oh, man, we've been studying Trayvon Walker this whole time. Oh, wait, wait, Quay, Quay Walker. I don't remember. Ooh, yeah, ooh, probably. Who did we like just that. draft? Yeah, we'll just let it go. I, Green Bay's the draft way situations. that some of these draft situations go, I would not be shocked if that happened for sure. Um, all right, well, let's get over. To, let's get to the I over got the under. schedule pulled up here, so give me the over. And the over, over under, under is here. 11. 11. Okay. Tough for the Packers. Um, start off easy with the division. Uh, I wouldn't say easy with this team, but uh, Vikings, Bears, uh, Bucks, Patriots, Giants, Jets, Commanders, Bills, Lions, Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. Uh, the, the, the normal Packers, I'd give them 12, but with this team, I think I'm going to go under. I know there's some softballs in there, but there's also like sprinkle. I just in, think they're going to get game. tripped up this year. Like maybe not the Bears, but like the Lions, for example. I cannot wait to talk about Vikings. I think the well, Vikings, I think, are going to win this division. And I think we need to start talking about that seriously. It's but weird. And it, it's a weird thing to say, especially with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like Michael Jordan. He takes that shit personally whenever you say stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, let's not get him pissed off. But but the thing of it is, it's just like this wide receiver core. I, I've i seen him play with bad wide receivers. It's, it doesn't necessarily always go well. And 
I just without Devonte Adams there, who is the ultimate safety blanket, I just don't know who he feels comfortable leading, potentially going to a Super Bowl. This is this is their Super Bowl window, and their best wide receiver is Alan Lazard. Like, no, come on, guys. Like, let's stop being ridiculous. So, and who knows? Maybe they bring in Odell in the midseason. Maybe they get Julio. I don't know. Maybe they add somebody like that to this core, which I don't need. Neither of those guys even spurs that much interest from me but maybe that's the idea i just i don't know it, it's it's a bizarre bizarre series for the the green bay packers but yeah so under. the one year that Devonte adams was injured 2015 rogers still ended up qb9 but they did have uh the okay version of eddie lacy uh richard rogers that one year that he did just phenomenally and then randall cobb in his prime and james jones who both had 800 yards so there was some some I wouldn't say relatively no names, but some lower end wide receivers. So maybe he still does it. I mean, he had, he had a lower, he only had, he didn't get to 4,000 yards that year. So something to look at, but I, I'm not convinced. I just, it's going to be tough for him. I think he can still I'm be not. a top 10 QB, but I just don't think he's in that top five range at all. It's, it's hard to see the path there as it currently stands, but yeah, we are in July. So there is time to change our minds in this. And if, Christian Watson gets to camp and he just looks like an absolute freak and, you know, right away, then maybe we, we change our tune, but going into it right now, just don't see it. I'm taking the under for now as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, let's play a quick commercial and then we will come back and talk Detroit and the, uh, Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Wow, I am all over the place. Sorry about that. Hey, IEP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDP Army when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're into any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. Go get in some underdog drafts. Use the code IDP Army upon your first deposit and get that money matched. Believe me, these are a lot better than your silly little mock drafts you're going to be doing on ESPN, where some goofball takes Dak Prescott number one overall because he's a Cowboys fan and screws everything up. So just, just, just spend three dollars. Just lose just three dollars, and then you know you could do an actual mock draft and you could get six dollars because you get it matched. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I love the I love it more than DraftKings. I, I kind of got over the whole DraftKings, and I'm, there's nothing against it. I just I feel like you're going unless you're doing the 50-50s, which is fine. I just hate getting in contests in those. Like I'd rather get in a contest on Underdog where I felt like I drafted the team instead of it's just more of a pressure situation in my opinion. But ah, anyway, 
go get in it. Um, let's get into the the Detroit Lions, as my dad would say. So my, I'm not a homer here, but I've always liked the Lions. My dad's from Detroit. I've seen him burn many a jerseys on Thanksgiving. Uh, so this is uh, this is this is something that happens. But um, six and ten in 2020, they took a step back, and or no, they weren't six and ten. They had a lot of losses. Never mind. This is a bad stat. Someone's feeding me. Uh, three and thirteen That's and it. one last year. They did pull there, off that tie, which saved them a bit. No, I was talking about 2020. I somebody Jordan. Let's just blame Jordan. Uh, but anyway, so free agency, little light. We'll get under the offense a little bit because the defense wasn't no big names. Their biggest acquisition via free agency was DJ Chark. Paid the man a little bit of money. Um, I think we'll get into that in a bit, but I think he deserved it, at least a little bit of it. So, And then the draft, their two biggest notable draft picks were Jamison Williams and Aiden Hutchinson. Um, looking forward to this team. Uh, my man Dan is just a just a beast on a, as a coach. And I think that this team's going to turn into a, a way better um, thing in the future. It's, it's not great right now, but I think it will get better. Personally, I think this is the best offense they've had since Calvin played the game. And no, I'm not comparing anyone to Calvin Johnson because Calvin Johnson is his own. So let's uh, without further ado, let's get into this offense. We got Jared Goff uh, currently QB 26. So pretty much going undrafted. I think it's a pretty accurate uh, estimate here. Could be an interesting stash uh, late with this kind of rebuilt wide receiver core. I personally say don't let him sit in free agency. If you have the bench space uh, QB, for a QB3, I would not be upset about having Jared Goff on my team. I know some uh, redraft leagues, Jared Goff, or uh, the bench can be a little sli- a little low. So, uh, But I don't think he should be just sitting there. And I think, yes, he probably will be replaced next year, but they we're talking about redraft. So, And I think he's going to fight to show that he is needed somewhere. Um, so they they did set him up pretty nicely. Um, wide receiver room. Pff, don't question it. Swift's top 10 running back. Uh, no, we have not seen a full season of Swift yet. Uh, last year, a thousand total yards and seven touchdowns in 13 games. He is running back nine right now. And I think he deserves every bit of that. And that's not just PPR. This man can ball. And these, these a thousand total yards could turn into 2000 total yards real quick. I think what we're going to see here, especially when we see that full season, is it's going to be very similar to an Eckler's past few seasons. And no, I'm not talking about it. It could be that big one, but it could be, you know, more in that top eight range, top six range. I think you're getting what you pay for here, even in those weeks you play that he, you know, before he's injured, if he does get injured again. Um, I think this guy, talent shines him no matter what. So take him, get him. You want him on your team. Uh, Jamal Williams, on the other hand, one of the most important backups who gets undershadowed him and Herbert, I think are, uh, right in the same ballpark, but I think people know Herbert more. Jamal Williams has gotten 700 yards in every season. I think one year he had like 690. I'm rounding up, um, as a backup, he's never truly been a starter. Um, he did have a couple years where the guy got injured and he kind of came in and played four or five games. Um, but I think he can be valuable as anyone's fourth or fifth running back. I get it. It's the lions. You're not sure about it, but if Swift does go down, or even if he doesn't, he's going to play a good complimentary game. Uh, there might be a game where uh, they're playing an easy run defense, so fire him up. you got a couple bye week situations. So I just don't think you just have to handcuff Jamal Williams. You don't only need him if you have Swift. So just keep that in mind. And then the wide receiver room. Super interesting receiver room. I'm excited about a lot of these guys here. So there isn't a whole lot of targets to go around, though, but I think that there's some exciting mid to late picks. Um, and once again, just wild that they have a wide receiver room. So there's some depth here. Um, I'm liking some of these guys. Uh, let's let's kind of do it in a weird order because that's how I have it listed. So 
DJ Shark, uh, wide receiver 56. Um, Shark was injured last year. Uh, he had about three, four games I think he played. But in 2020, uh, 700 yards, five touchdowns on the Jaguars, the bad Jaguars. And then the year before, he had a breakout with 1,000 yards and uh, eight touchdowns. So it's really easy to forget how productive he was just a few years ago. But do not forget that Chark is a good wide receiver just because there's other talent on this team. Because I feel like he's going to get overshadowed by the next two people I'm talking about. And, of course, I'm talking well, about Jameson. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, good. Sorry, I can take so it. Even break. last, even last year, he had two double-digit games before he got hurt. No, you're good. Yeah. Just He's, saying, no, before yeah. he got hurt last season, he did have two double-digit games, so it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, completely useless. Um, I will say, the first game that he played, he did have 12 targets and only three receptions. But you know, Trevor Lawrence was learning. Jared he was also on the Jaguars, better. man. I'm just saying, I I actually made a mistake of dropping DJ Chark after his rookie year because I didn't think it was happening, and I watched him do that thousand yards, and it was rough. So don't be like me. Just keep an eye on him. And honestly, wide receiver 56, he's going in like as the hundredth pick, basically. You're talking about your your tenth tenth round. You can't bear to get a DJ Chark on your team. I'm getting him. So anyway, uh, going six picks later, uh, Jamison Williams, who might be missing some games here. Um, we're not really sure where he's going to be at, but he obviously tore his ACL in the championship game, 1500 yards and 15 touchdowns after transferring to Alabama. Um, I'm thinking this guy has a shot to be the best wide receiver. This team's had since Calvin, once again, not saying that he is Calvin, nobody's Calvin. Um, I just think that this guy has serious potential. Whoa. Best, best, in, best since Calvin, he is going to be the best since Amon Ross St. Brown who had wow. the best rookie season in Lions history last season. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to say is I think he's the best since Calvin. Amon Ra is a great slot receiver. I think Jameson Williams is going to have a lot of deep balls. The combination of the two of them are going to be great um, for years to come, which I was going to get to, but, but I, I'll, I'll just, just to calm you down for a second, we'll get back to this. Um, Jameson Williams and Amon Ra are going to be here. They're going to be a great one too. Probably going to be a top, to uh, one of the top duo of wide receivers in the in the league for years to come, especially next year when they inevitably draft Goff's replacement and can dump some of that cap. So, yeah, don't worry, he's gonna he's gonna get his due. I, I'm I'm putting him off till later for a second. We'll get to Amon Ra, uh, but at wide receiver sixty three, Jameson Williams is a steal, and if he does anything like he did last year in college, and I don't think he's gonna miss that many games. They, there's a chance he goes on the pup list but I personally think it's been a pretty decent chunk of time. So he might not be ready, ready to be fully unleashed right away, but I think he'll be ready in week one, week two, um, just to at least get out there on the field again. So, and then of course the best wide receiver on their team right now, Amon Ross St. Brown, 90 catches, 900 yards and five touchdowns. Um, I don't think he's going to have those nine, 10 catches a game now that there actually is a wide receiver room. Um, but he still does have that capability to come out strong, especially with James Jameson probably out for a week or two. Um, I personally don't really like or dislike his ADP. He's at wide receiver 34. Uh, the people he's going around is really nice, but at the same time, it seems a bit early for a guy who had one year and has talent around him now. Like I want to see what, and, and then just golf in general, like, that there's just that risk with him being the quarterback, but the value is there. So I, his ADP is probably right about spot on, but I'm not reaching for a Monroth, if you get what I'm saying. Um, I know you'll have something to say about this, but Quintez Cephas, uh, not really relevant in any league except for Dynasty at the moment, but you should swoop him up. 
he's pretty much free at the moment. Um, there's talks about him being traded, I think, to the Cowboys, but that might be camp news. Um, he did have an unfortunate injury after a hot start. Um, so there is a chance that they just keep him as the fourth guy, and especially if Jamison isn't ready to go. But just keep an eye on that guy. And then uh, getting into tight end, TJ Hawkinson, tight end eight. I like him as a sleeper tight end. Um, I, I He's never really fully lived up to his draft stock. It's kind of a Noah Fant, in my opinion. Um, but he did have a 700-yard campaign in 2020. So once again, the wide receiver room and actually being talent on the team, there won't be as much double coverage. So he should be able to get some some decent targets. It's just, it's, I don't know how this target share is going to go. So in my eyes, I like the low end guys here, like Jamison Williams, maybe Hawkinson uh, and Chark, because I don't know how this room is going to shape up, but spending a fifth round pick on Amon Ra just, it's a little scary to me. That's my thing. And I, I know he's talented. I know he's good, but like until next year comes when they have a quarterback that I trust enough to get him the ball, a little worried. Um, I agree. I agree. I, I just, I think Jared Goff, I just think Jared Goff loves clout receivers and Amon Ross Brown is the best one that he has on the team. I, I 100% agree with you, Bill. I just, I'm saying for ADP purposes, I'm going after them. Williams and uh Chark. I think Chark's going to be basically free, especially once the news ramps up about Williams, which is going to be phenomenal. So, but We'll see. We'll see what we got here. You know, um, once the season comes, um, getting into the defense, uh, it's not super exciting. There is some names to monitor, um, linebacker room. Alex Anzalone had 77 tackles last year. There's some potential to get to hundred cause there's just not a whole lot of linebackers kind of like him as a late pick. Uh, the defensive line situation, Adrian Hutch Hutchinson, uh, does have a, you know, a really good chance to, walk right in and I think he's the highly most highly touted edge rusher in the draft other than you know Trayvon Walker for some reason so um I don't think it's really a stellar pick this year and he's because he's probably going to go too high just because he's the best defensive line but I, I like him for eight sacks or so um and I think he's going to be an integral role for years to come so maybe this is a keeper league that you're in or dynasty yeah absolutely go after him Redraft, I just I'd watch where his ADP goes. If there, there should be some options that are sitting there that people won't be thinking about, and I actually like Aquara this year. Romeo, that is. There's two of the brothers on the team. Uh, he's a year removed from ten sacks, and now that there's a running mate on the other side in Hutchinson, I think that he could have a a pretty good year and could be an interesting speculative late ad. So keep an eye on him. And then the defensive backs uh, corners are pretty pretty much trash. So I don't think you're getting many, much talent here, but. Uh, Deshaun Elliott and Tracy Walker are both stellar safeties. Um, they're not like your top five or anything. I think you can get them pretty late. Um, Tracy Walker was switched back to free safety in his rightful spot, that is, and got his 100 tackles again after kind of a 80-tackle 2020 campaign. So uh, interceptions and sacks aren't very high, but he does have a nice floor as IDP goes. And Deshaun Elliott, coming off injury, he did have 80 tackles, a couple sacks, and forced fumbles a couple seasons ago at the Ravens. So always interested in safety depth and these guys are pretty cheap as safeties go or defensive backs go. So keep an eye on them. I always love grabbing defensive backs on teams that get the ball just pounded down. Yeah. You're right about that. Anyone I miss. I mean, I know there's some young talent um, there. I mean, Charles Harris is kind of a late guy that I might add just in case uh, he had a couple of splash weeks last season. Not anybody I would, try to ramp up i would just i think 
you're slightly wrong about Aiden Hutchinson because I think this is like Dan Campbell's like if he was if Dan Campbell was to design a defensive player in the lab, it would come out looking like Aiden Hutchinson. And so I think like he's going to try to use him early and often. And I think they're really going to try to prove why they took him as the second pick in the draft. And I, I think that they're, they may even over, you know, try to use him. So I think just for that potential home run swing, I think he's a good player to put on your team because I think that they might try to justify him being the number two pick. Dan Campbell is a man and he loves, he's a dog. Yeah, man, he loves going after. Campbell. Yeah, this man loves to go after quarterbacks. So I, I I think you might be right. I just I just didn't want to get anyone too hyped up. I know he's going to be great in years to come. I think next year he's going to be with the Bosa's uh, and uh, the Watts up there at the top of the top 10 picks and stuff because he does have that option. I just I don't want to get anyone too excited and think he's going to go for 15 sacks in his, in his rookie year. You're right about that. I mean, do I think the ceiling is double digit sacks? Yes. I, I like if he ended oh, up with 30, if he ended up with 13 sacks at the end of the season, I wouldn't even be shocked. Like I, I, I potentially could see him even having like a multi-sack game or two here, here and there within the season. But yeah, you're right. I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'm, drinking, right, the, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'll probably have him on my team. I'll probably drive Dan- him way too high. Dan Campbell's trying to keep his job for next year because I think next year is when the Lions actually turn into a good team. I feel like I've said that many times to my dad, and I keep trying to tell him and keep trying to keep hope alive here. But uh, Dan Campbell, like man, was crying on the sidelines when they when they lost games. Like this man cares. So crying I think when they won games, like, he was he's crying, crying when they won games. He was emotional. he's just an emotional man. He he has a defensive attitude. So <laughs> I think that. There is some options here. And once they dump that salary of Goff, I think they can actually make some splashy free agent moves. And I think people will want to be on this team after this year. I don't think they're going to go out here and light up 10 games this year, but I think that they do have a chance to fantasy points for one, but not, not to mention just put on a show for the fans and the fans have been missing that for a few years. So longer than that probably, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I like this team a lot. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. I, I like I, what they're doing. I like what they're building. Well, this is what the Bears it. tried to do with their wide receiver room. It just didn't work out as well. Yeah, not quite. Um, anyway, all right, let's. Lions, uh, oh, sorry, Lions over under is six and a half. I, I'm just not even looking at the schedule. I think they can do it, but I, I don't. I'm, I'm not super excited. So I start off with my birds, Eagles, Week One. Then they go to the Commanders, or they actually come home to the Commanders. Uh, Vikings, Seahawks, Patriots. Cowboys, Dolphins, Packers, Bears, Giants, Bills, Jaguars, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. I think they can do it. I don't. So, I, so here's the thing. Do you want? Do you want my like my the the biggest off season hot take I have? I want it. Get it. This is a ten or eleven win team. All right, let's this just walk. Team, let's walk through the schedule team right here. Is ten or eleven effing wins? And if you if there's a bet out there for double digit wins for any team, I am betting the Lions heavy AF. Look at their losses last year. They were so close to beating good teams last year that this year those those coin flips are going to go in their favor a little bit more. And I I just 
All right, let's let's walk let's right. walk through. Yeah, let's, let's walk through it. We're missing Joe anyway, so we can we can eat up a couple minutes. Sorry, listeners, if you're really done with the lines, but we're gonna we're gonna eat this up a little bit more. So we got the birds, Eagles. I think that's one. a loss. I think that's. A I loss think I think I think they're gonna come out hot, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I think. Uh, I think people, me, and my dad might have to watch that game together, but um, I'll be at B Dub. So I don't think I don't think it'll be week one. Yeah. So Commanders can win that dumb. game. That's a dub. Vikings, I think this is going to be... I think a, they lose the first one. They probably lose one of them. I'd say they like give them one. So let's give them two and we'll skip it's, the next Vikings. It's the first one. Okay. If they lose. Okay. And then they play the Seahawks, who don't have a quarterback. Win. And then they play the Patriots, who are... Win. Misled. Uh, Cowboys probably beat them. Win. You going to take, take them over the Cowboys? All right. Win. That's fine. All right. And then is we that got... At home? Is that at home or in No, Dallas? it's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. I still think it's a win. I don't care. Okay. Then they play at home against the Dolphins. Probably lose that one. And then they play the Packers at home. They lose the first one. Okay. So give them another win for the second one. Okay. Bears. I forgot, to, I forgot the other one. That's a win. Bears should take them. Giants should be a win. should be a gimme. I mean, they could lose these games, but then we got the Bills. So I'm gonna go ahead and give them the L. Don't even that's get excited. A, that's, a, that's a no. Jaguars win. Then here's the next Vikings game, so don't count one. Then they play the Jets. Win. Then they play the Panthers. When then they play the Bears. When and then they're onto the Packers. That's their last game. And they won that they would win the second one, but I've already added that one. So that's, that's 12. twelve. That's and twelve. That's, and, and they're gonna get the, they're gonna screw up one of them. Like I I'm not saying take, they're not gonna screw up one the or Cowboys two of them. one. Let's take sure. away maybe a green sure. bay. Give, one. Away, that's give away the Cowboys and say they get swept by the the Packers. That's still ten wins. They have the Jets, Giants. They have the worst Jaguars. Team the like they don't have. Houston. They have the Bears, which is an easy couple of wins. Like Seahawks. I think those are going to be some gritty games. Which one's the, the Panthers? Game? Panthers Giants. are going to be a disaster by that time because they're they're going to be screaming for oh, Baker no. Mayfield's head. Like oh. that's going to be a nasty. Disaster. I'm glad they could keep their tradition alive of losing on Thanksgiving. They play the Bills on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a hard L. Oh, but yeah, this team this team is home. way too talented not to be able to flip the games. And they get Jameson Williams back. Even if he, he misses six games on the pup, to get him back for that back half of the season, that's going to be an injection into their arm of exactly the talent they need to carry the team on. Now, injuries could derail everything, but going into the season, based on what I'm seeing here, Jared Goff could lead this team to 10 wins. It's well, like not said, out of the question. Jared Goff is fighting for a job right now. Not at not in the Lions. I think he's gone off the Lions regardless. I think they can figure out a way to get a new quarterback. But Goff is going to try to get a new contract somewhere, at least as a backup quarterback, preferably as a starter. So this they did set him up for a positive win situation here, which honestly, they didn't even do this for Stafford. So um, this is one of the better receiver rooms they've had since really Megatron. You know, and that was- you know what this is? This is when the, the 49ers got Garoppolo and they had those good couple of years. And then they eventually were like last year. We're just like, Hey, we probably should get a young pup in here to try to, we, the, this is that they're like, we're here. Jared Goff is Garoppolo in this situation. And next year they're going to draft their Trey Lance and they're going to be off and running because this team's wildly talented. All right, man. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. So we're both going under. I'm just saying over, obviously over, over way over. And I'm telling you all out there, if there is a double digit win bet for any team, this is the one, this is the one where you're going to make your money because Vegas has, is way undervaluing the lions right now. And I yeah. get it. It's the lions, but still I, I, this team is good. They're really I just good. think this is their. I wouldn't say it's the. It's it's basically the Browns resurgence. They've been bad for so long. This is when they come back yeah. and they prove they're a team again. Literally, I think that's true. 
Okay. I'm not going as, as far as to say as, as what Billy's going with, but I think that this is at least an eight-win team. I'm going to smash Hey, we talked through that schedule. You heard at least it seems great. 11 or 12 wins in you there. Gave a couple, you gave a couple of them. The Vikings they could lose to. The, the Packers they could get swept. I'd say they're um, splitting. They're splitting the Vikings, splitting the Packers. I, I don't think they lose both of them. They beat the Packers last year. Now, were the Packers trying? I don't know. I don't want to put that out there. but <laughs> yeah, I will allow it. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay. to our last team here. Yeah, let's go up north to the Frozen – it's not the frozen tundra. The frozen tundra is not in Minnesota, but we're going to go to the Minnesota Vikings for the last team in the NFC North. I think the best team in this division secretly. So they have a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell is coming in from the Rams. Um, what you should take from that is this team is going to be pass heavy. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. Well, Billy, that's weird. They have uh, Justin Jefferson. Weren't they already pass heavy? This is that ceiling raising for Justin Jefferson. So just putting that out there, but we'll start at the top with Kirk Cousins uh qb 15 <clears throat> what more do we have to do for this guy to be consistently uh rated properly 15 underdog are you ridiculous right now like he is consistently undervalued he finishes as a top at least 12 quarterback almost every year i don't know what more we have to do for him to prove it he's literally got justin jefferson adam thielen dalvin cook out of the backfield herb smith like there's no reason this guy should be any lower than 12. I mean, that should be his the lowest. That's the floor, I think, for Kirk Cousins. But alas, here we are still with Kirk Cousins at QB 15. If you wait on – if I think this is the guy, the like veteran that Josh was talking about when people wait on veterans because they just don't think, oh, they're old. Like, this they're is the old. guy, I think, this year. Exactly. I think this is the guy that you can wait on and get him late if you did not get a QB at the beginning of the draft. I think Kirk Cousins is a perfectly – usable top 10 QB most weeks, um, except in prime time. Prime time game, you're going to need another quarterback. But most other weeks, Kirk Cousins fine. On to the running backs. So we have Dalvin Cook as RB5 on underdog right now. Vikings, fun fact for all of you out there, are the only team in the NFL that have a top two top 10 players or top 12 players on their team currently in ADP, which is Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Just a fun fact for you out there. But Dalvin Cook is going as RB5 right now. Um, I can't really argue with that, and that's simply because his backups aren't good. Alexander Mattinson is not a good backup. Um, they don't really have anybody else to follow behind him. They have Kene Ikuanu, who's uh, okay, but not great. Um I just like there's there's nobody to split time with. It, it's it's Dalvin Cook's backfield, and that's just how it's going to stay. Um, they also drafted a rookie, Ty Chandler. Still don't think he's going to be overly helpful. But back to Dalvin Cook, he's going to return your investment. He's done it year in and year out. Last year, I, I okay. Last year, I will give you he did not finish as a top even ten back. The touchdowns regressed for sure. They sure did. And I think that that is due. And he was injured a couple games last year as well. So that also did not help things out. It was also but, like sprinkled in too. It wasn't like he missed four games or something. He missed one game. Exactly. Then he played, then he missed when some game. games he was not a hundred percent. I don't know. It was a whole mess, but this year will be a lot differently. Dalvin cook. will, I think return investment RB five might be a little strong, but he doesn't have any competition. So that sounds like a perfect uh, recipe for, Dalvin Cook to be right at RB5 potentially. So let's move on to the wide receiver room. Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jay Jets is going as the wide receiver two. I think he could be the 
wide receiver one. Cooper Cup is currently wide receiver one in underdog. I think Justin Jefferson could easily overtake him. And like I was alluding to earlier, now that Kevin O'Connell is there, I think that they're going to pass even more. So I was reading a, a, a article about the Vikings and uh, they used, I think, 57% 11 personnel last season, which is good for wide receivers. And this year, our Kevin O'Connell with the Rams ran 86%. So what that means is the floor for these wide receivers is going to go up quite a bit. And Justin Jefferson is going to be the biggest um, the biggest uh, guy to get a boost from that. And I, I think that he's going to definitely return wide receiver two. I think he's going to be up there potentially wide receiver one. Um, I, I don't, I, he could potentially finish as the best player in college or college football, best player in fantasy football this year. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, the sky's the limit and it just keeps going up after his rookie year. So I, I don't think you need to spend any more time talking about Justin Jefferson. Six, no, four, but we will two, get, one. We'll get on to the second part. The second part of this is the problem. And that is Adam Thielen's going as wide receiver 33 currently. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with Adam Thielen. It's the fact that he is injured pretty consistently or he's out there, but he's not necessarily a hundred percent. That does not mean good things for Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson can beat any coverage. So it's not like he's going to be hurt by anything like that, but with no other pass catchers out there, all those, uh, that if you're going to grab Adam Thielen or whoever would be the pass catcher number two on this team, you'll have to know that, you know, the, 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 targets might not be there as much. So Adam I actually, Thielen, I, I got to interrupt you here. Cause I sure. 100% disagree with you on this. Adam Thielen is not what he used to be in 2017, 2018. He's not putting up 1300 yards anymore. That's reserved for Justin Jefferson, but mm-hmm. this man's going to go out there and give you 800 yards and probably double digit touchdowns because that's what he does. And Kirk I, Cousins has a huge rapport with him. You're not, you're getting him as what wide receiver 30. He's been wide receiver 10 and two years ago. I mean, and it wasn't, I mean, yeah, he's had some injured years, but he goes out there and plays. And I think there's something to be said about that. Um, he's still got a couple of years left under his belt. I mean, I, this might be the year he, he just hangs it up after they have a chance to get to the playoffs and maybe a Super Bowl run. I highly doubt it, but, uh, Thielen on the other hand, I'm, I'm all about him. I'm grabbing him in any league I can. 100%. 100%. I love where he's going. Well, that's fine. I disagree, but that's why I've brought, I'm going to bring up the next person on this list, and that's KJ Osborne. He's going as wide receiver 66. Um, he has a very, very high ceiling. Um, he was used as much, uh, mainly a home run hitter last season. Um, he was the guy that, you know, he'd catch three balls for 100 yards um, and at least a touchdown. He was really, really great drafting because he was always cheap. But I think if Adam Thielen misses time, this can only mean good things for KJ Osborne. I think that he's somebody that you need to need to be, you know, bolstering the back end of your fantasy football teams with. I think this guy could potentially be a weak league winner. I think he's in not only in line for more targets under the offense, even with Thielen in the lineup, but if Thielen's for some reason out or missing time or not 100%, the biggest beneficiary of that is going to be KJ Osborne. So for that reason, I think KJ Osborne might be the guy that you grab really late and could end up winning you the entire league. I do love KJ Asborne and I will agree with you that he is a great, like basically replacement for Thielen in the future. And if there is any injury and I think even with him out there, he's still great. So, yeah. Um, just to go over the backups, there's not really much to talk about. There's Ola BC Johnson. He's meh. He was not really ever been good. Uh, they drafted Jalen Naylor, Jalen Naylor. What a name to have. 
um, in the sixth round this year. Don't really think he's going to be over. I mean, all these guys are injury fill-ins anyway, if Adam Thielen gets hurt. And then Amir Smith-Marset, who had a couple of, like, maybe there could be something here games last season, but not anything that I would, uh, like, nothing consistent. And he wasn't very used very much to where you could see that. I think Joe's a homer on him. I've been seeing him he drafted does. and picked up everywhere, and I'm like, he had one good game. I just I he did. It, it was one of those like I'm just saying like that's exactly. He's like maybe there's something here, but like I don't think we'll ever see it. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. So I mean, there's nobody else on this. Like that's the and that's the, another good thing for Justin Jefferson. There's no competition for targets on this team. I mean, there is just by the sheer numbers and volume going up. But Justin Jefferson's volume, I think, is going to get a bump even higher than it was last year. Uh, the last pass catcher on this team is Irv Smith. And I think this might be your potential pass catcher number two. Um, I don't know why I'm so high on tight ends this year. I just am. Uh, Cole Komet, I think he's good. Irv Smith. And maybe it's just his division. I don't. Maybe it's the division because Robert Tunyon, I feel the same way. Um, Irv Smith could see a big bump in play this year. They uh, – Got rid of Tyler Conklin, who was kind of cramping style. Irv Smith did get hurt, so that kind of hurt his ability to play as well. Um, don't know why you're pulling, pulling up Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph wasn't on the team last year. No, I know. Two years ago, though, he was there taken away from Irv Smith's rookie year. I was going to get to it. Oh, fair yeah, enough. No, I know Conklin okay. was there. The only reason Conklin did good, Irv Smith was being hyped up because Rudolph got traded or cut or whatever. And Herb yeah. Smith was getting hyped up, got injured in the offseason. But I think that this will be the year. And I think that people are off of him because of the injury. He ended up as 300 yards the last two years as a backup, five touchdowns one of the years. And that was with Kyle Rudolph sniffing around, getting those touchdowns. So Herb Smith what? has a chance to be one of those breakout kind of Darren Waller esque. I know he's not quite as old as Waller during his breakout, but one of those guys that people kind of forgot. I think Herb Smith can be a league winner. Um, I'm not trying to throw that term around willy-nilly but i've been on herb smith since his rookie year uh wanted to get this guy i've seen the tape and then once rudolph was gone i got so excited and then he got injured in the offseason i made deals for him all over the place i'm excited about herb i am too and literally the guys behind him are like bill bill ben elfison who's not even i don't never even heard of that person apparently played on the jaguars at some point and then johnny mund who was an un, uh, undrafted free agent um I don't think he's he's got zero competition unless they bring in a veteran, which would completely derail everything that we've been talking about. But Irv Smith, I think, is in the best line to actually prove what we've all been kind of saying about Irv Smith the last couple of years. I think this year is the fu- year we finally see it from him. And just like I said, when the fact that the, the floor for targets is all going up, that means that we're going to see players like Irv Smith get bumps up just because of that. And he's going his wide tight end 11 right now. I forgot to mention that off the top. So he is being drafted appropriately, but I'm just, you know, keeping it out there. Saying That's Irv one Smith. of those, like, grab yourself a Hawkinson and Irv Smith, and I'd be pretty happy with myself. Exactly. Or even if you miss tight end completely, you miss the first seven and you're, like, scrambling, Irv Smith is or a perfect take guy. take time and keep grabbing all the best availables, and then Irv exactly. Smith's been sitting there after everyone's got a tight end. Hell yeah. He will, he will be available late. So go ahead and take him on team. All right. I'll quickly get through this defense. Um, overall, this defense is terrible. I mean, they're, I they're actually, the I just, no, 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 no. the okay, players sorry. are good. The NFL defense is bad. Like mm. them as a unit is bad. 
It's because they but get the they pl- throw for so much and then they just aren't on the field for long enough. And then this yeah, team, the, this defense the players on the team are very useful because the defense keeps getting whooped so much they're on the field that often. So you get the stats built up. So the the top guy on the team, Eric Kendricks. Um, I, I think eventually we'll have to see him decline, but at this point, I'm just I think you just keep riding the wave. He has finished as a top uh, linebacker the last I think four years. Um, and I would just keep riding the wave. Eric Kendricks is one of those guys that's going to go in the first round of your IDP drafts. Not that big of a deal. Uh, Jordan Hicks joins from Arizona. I think that's a bigger deal than a lot of people have made it. He is a good tackler. Actually, Josh, can you talk about Jordan Hicks quickly? Oh, I love me some Jordan Hicks. Oh, uh, so Jordan Hicks, old Eagles. Yeah, of course we let him go for like literally no reason. This man has gotten a hundred yard, hundred tackle season for what, like five, six years in a row now. Um, not really sure what the Cardinals were thinking. I guess they thought that maybe this is the year they think Isaiah Simmons is just going to break out and be that guy. But uh, okay, maybe not a hundred tackles five years in a row. Uh, didn't play twenty twenty, but one hundred seventeen last year with Arizona. The year before, one hundred fifty, and then that breakout year with the Eagles, which is what put him on the map after a few years on practice squads and you know, kind of just being an okay linebacker. This man gets sacks, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries and everything. 150, a few years removed from 150. And like you said, Kendricks is there and Kendricks will get his plays. He had 152. So you got two 150-yard tackle linebackers on this team. And like you said, this defense overall is going to be on the field a lot. Um, So I think that Hicks is honestly, he's probably going a little overdrafted because like like Billy said, Kendricks is going to get a little bit of, little bit of them tackles and sweep it up but the combination of the two is going to be phenomenal i don't think they both hit 150 because that would be pretty excessive but it would uh, it would be wild I, I think that it's more like maybe hicks hurts kendrick's a little bit but at the same time i think they're both very usable kendrick's maybe if you take him in the first rounds maybe not going to return that investment but he's still going to be usable i think so, hicks is going to get those sacks though they're going to use them on blitzes and stuff potential. a little bit more and then you can keep kendrick's back to make sure to play a little d i mean you got options with these two that's what you're hoping for. Um, the rest of this defense is Darius Smith, so he's coming over from Green Bay. Good edge rusher. He's been solid the past couple of years. Um, I think you can. he's very usable. Daniil Hunter, finally healthy again. He's been very usable as a potential sack getter on this team. Um, I wouldn't really mess with any of the nose tackles. I think you can look elsewhere. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson has been okay, I guess, if you want to use a D tackle from the team. Um, and then the secondary is bad i mean they're good i guess if you want stats like i got shades of the harrison smith will be tackling a lot um harrison smith he's back on the team again tackles so i guess if you're looking at that kind of thing um he'll be okay but like patrick peterson is burnt toast uh lewis seen is the newest he is uh the rookie that they drafted and he should be usable as a free safety. I think that I would wait and see because I still think this defense is bad. So I don't know how exactly effective he might be, but, you know, take him. Uh, Cam Dantzler, burnt toast. I mean, I just – I feel bad with the secondary. They're going to get – they're going to get just, I don't know, taken out pretty easily. I, I do like uh, Harrison Smith. He He's a little older for the safety side, but he does just sweep up on those tackles, and he makes plays. Um, but, yeah, no, your, your real money's at the linebacker position. They got uh, defensive linemen of their former glory, hopefully to kind of get something going on that edge rush. Um, didn't they have someone? Who, who did they lose? Who was their, uh, their, their big edge rusher on the Vikings that have, has been there for years? I, I feel like we're missing someone here. 
Dan, Daniel Hunter. Never mind. We need to talk. He's about on the him. team. All right. Let's never see. mind. He's OLB. That always throws me off, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't put edge rusher for some reason. I mean, on there's the team. there's some there's some people there. There they can really get some. Uh, they could get after the quarterback a little bit, but there there's not a lot of depth. Uh, I'm not sure what these younger guys are going to look like, but Harrison Smith and the linebackers, and then maybe Daniel Hunter. Uh, I'm 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 out on Zadarius Smith. I had him in Dynasty and. You're thinking of Everson Griffin, by the way. Everson Griffin, that is. That's, what that's who you think. Yeah. That's who you're thinking of. They miss. They're missing someone here, but yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like you said. It's good on paper, but like for some reason, the stats don't come. I think it's because they throw the ball too much and they don't keep the ball. Yeah, I mean, like I said, on like fantasy purposes, IDP purposes, usable players in real life football, this defense is not good and. I mean, the thing is, the offense is going to be good, so I guess that's just going to have to make up for it. But, anywho, Minnesota Vikings, the over-under for them is nine. Mm, I think that they can do that. I mean, honestly, this might be the best team in the division. I mean, so that would hypothetically take them there. Uh, Let me pull up the schedule real quick, see what we got. All right, week one, Packers. Uh, Then we got Eagles. Tough, tough start. Lions. Saints, Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Pack, uh, yeah, Packers again, and Bears. Okay, um, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna take the under here and take the choke artist Vikings here. I know that I like the team and I like the positional, but I'm gonna I have can- to go over just because I said I think they're the best team in the division, but do I feel good about it? No, I don't. I think they can get nine. I don't, I'm not confident about that 10th one. There's, there's not tough. It's not a tough schedule. They're not playing the best top five teams or anything, but there's some games in there that they can lose and they probably will. I feel better about the lions. (laughs) I really do. The Lions schedule was nice. Giants, (laughs) jets, Carolina. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the NFC North. Um, I think, what do we have? I, I think the uh, the Vikings are probably the best team in the, in the division. Um, the Packers are probably still a playoff team. Detroit, I don't know what to do with because I literally think they're an 11 win team, which would make them the best team in this division. But um, they're the Lions. But they're the Lions, so that probably won't happen. And then the Bears will be picking in the top two or three in the draft, so no yeah. no need to worry about them. Um, five. I don't want to give them top two, three. That's super low. Okay, well, I, th- I would say Seattle, Houston, and then we can argue Falcons, Bears. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, they might be down there. I'll, uh, I'll we can argue those those out, but it, well, maybe Giants. I don't know. We'll 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 talk about it some more. But yeah, this division is very wide open. I think there's a lot of things that could happen here, a lot of moving parts. So it, I, I think that this will be a fun one to watch. Uh, the talent might not always be there for some of these teams. I think every team has a, at least a, a fatal, fatal flaw on it. Um, well, Bears have like 15, so woof. But the other three have at least one problem that's glaring. I think the good thing about this division is there's fantasy talent here, and it's fun for us for the purposes of that. They might all be bad teams. I mean, there's a chance for all these teams to be bad or not do good enough. So um, they might not live up to their expectations, but they will get us some fantasy points, maybe some championships. So um, we are missing our outro guy here. So I'll, I'll let Billy do his thing. I don't know what he's got prepared for us or uh, his deer in the headlights look over there. So I, I was I about to say, thank you for giving me that. All right, everybody out there. We have one week left. NFC South is next week. And then we are done. I get to 
finally talk about my boy Baker Mayfield. At long last, I finally get to talk about him um, and the Panthers, which might not be a great team. But whatever the case, uh, we're going to talk NFC South and we'll wrap up. Uh, the next few weeks, we're going to be talking all fantasy football, like hardcore fantasy football topics. We're going to re-go over the rookies. Uh, we're going to be dissecting every bit of camp news that happens. We're going to get our new rankings out. Um, we're also a part of fantasy pros, which is new this season. We have not been a part of fantasy pros in the past, but we are all now official rankers on fantasy pros. So we we will be giving our rankings out weekly on there. We're going to try to tell you all how to look at them. Of course you could just go to fantasypros.com and search our names, I believe, or we can give you our, our website or something. We're still figuring the logistics out on that. Also, if you're going to be at the Fantasy Football Expo or if you would like to go to the Fantasy Football Expo, it's in Canton in August. Bam, I should know that day off the top of my head. 13th through the 15th, I believe. 13th through the 15th. And you can come see our booth. We will be there with the IDP Army. Um, Jordan will be there. Bomber will be there if everybody's seen him. He's beefing with PFF right now, ridiculously. But if anybody out there would like to come see us there, Come hang out. Come say hi. Come say whatever. Come get a sticker. We'll give you a koozie. Josh will give you a high five. I mean, who knows? You can get, get whatever you want. Might even fight you if you start talking there, shit on the Eagles. There's true. Bring your boxing gloves if you plan on talking shit on the Eagles. So without further ado, everyone out there in the Possum Nation, have a great rest of your evening 